I'm Chris Dutchko, co-host of the Ninth Grade Experience Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Ed Curation Podcast. We bring you stories from educational leaders about the instructional resources, practices, and movements that are reshaping learning. I've had at least 15 students who have increased more than four grade levels. He used theater as a tool to make great human beings. My expectations are high for all of them. One of the things that I really love about teaching is the fact that every day is sort of unique and different and strange. Emma Veltri is in her 28th year in education. After teaching both elementary and middle school, she served as an induction coach for new teachers in the district for five years, and she's currently the assistant principal at Mays Middle School in Northern California, which she says is her favorite role so far. We have a great team here and we're doing wonderful things at Mays, so it's a great place to be. Joining Emma is Mays Middle School principal, Diana Herbst. Diana was a middle school teacher for many years before moving into administration, 11 years ago. And even after all these years, Diana still feels positive about education and especially about the work that she and Emma do together for kids. Mays is such an awesome school. We have an amazing staff, awesome students, and um, I'm very honored to work with Emma. We make a great team and um, every day it's all about the kids. One of the things that makes Mays an awesome school is the way that Emma and Diana work together to stay aware of their students' needs. And they, like most of the schools across the country, have recognized the need to prioritize students' social-emotional needs and learning. Coming out of the um, distance learning, we knew we needed to do something to support our students. So Emma started her research looking at different programs and we we knew that we needed something that was grade level to support the needs of each age and grade because they're all in different places in life right now. So, I mean, we, you know, at Mays, our goals, we set our goals. And of course, one of them is to create that positive learning environment academically. And we've added, you know, social, socially and emotionally. And so in looking at how are we going to meet this goal, some teachers can do that automatically. Like some teachers can, you know, throughout their day, talk about a character in a book and then relate it to what what social emotional competencies they are ex- exhibiting in this and, and all those things. Well, um, well, other teachers are sticking to the standards. You know, maybe it's not that it's not an innate um, skill they may have. And so we wanted to provide something for teachers that was separate so that they can specifically talk about these skills or talk about topics that were beyond um, the standards. So we definitely, one of our goals, again, we talk about building relationships. And so what a great way for them to build relationships with their students by having a separate program that they could daily open up a workbook or the lesson plan and the slides and talk about um, positive self-talk, talk about um, perspective taking. Um, And so it is, yes, that is definitely something you can 
integrate into your daily lesson. But um, as we try to become proficient in these, in these, you know, we know that everyone is at a different level. So this gives it an, a level playing field for every teacher to teach those skills um, to every student. After a lot of research to find a program that would fit their needs and criteria, they chose Emozi. Emozi is a social-emotional learning curriculum for middle and high school students published by Paths LLC. That's E-M-O-Z-I from Paths, P-A-T-H-S. And here's why they chose it. It definitely was developmentally appropriate for each grade level that was separated by sixth, seventh, and eighth. So as the kids continue through the grade levels, they will receive the same program over and over again. It's differentiated every year. So that was a big selling point for us. Um, and it was easy to use. It was laid out for teachers. Everything was there for them. So that was a big plus as well because our teachers are working extremely hard and we wanted buy-in as much as possible. So this allowed us to say, well, here you go. You don't have to do a thing. It's all ready for you. So one of the things that differentiated Emozi has was that from, from maybe some of the other options that you were looking at was that it was specific to each grade level. Um, and it sounds like you are having teachers of all content areas implement this. So can you just spell that out a little bit more for us of when, where, and how is this being used? So every single teacher, including PE teachers, including one of my counselors, and including Emma, my assistant principal, they all have a pride time, which is an extra time during the bell schedule, 20 minutes, where every student goes to a pride time there's no more than 20 students in, in each pride time. And it's built into our bell schedule, which has been very nice. But everyone is involved. Everyone has a group. Even my speech therapist has a group. So, um, and we did it that way because we wanted the class size to be no more than 20, um, just so that you can have those um, conversations with, with students. So you're calling it pride time. Is that emoji language or is that just something to do with your school? No, we are a, a PBIS school and our acronym is pride where we show personal responsibility, respect, integrity, determination, and empowerment. So we didn't want to call it advisory. Um, so we came up with pride time. You've implemented this at your school. Is this a district-wide initiative or do you have the latitude to, you know, institute your own bell schedule and choose your own resources? We needed to implement something at our site. We knew it was a need um, based on the distance learning and what kids were going to be coming back to. So um, it is not district-wide. We, as a school site, decided to implement this during the school day. Everybody's been involved in making this decision. Teachers, um, assistant principals, all staff has been involved in, in making this happen. 
Diana and Emma say it wasn't really hard for them to get buy-in from their school community for Emozi. Everyone was recognizing the needs. We had distance learning and then we had an in-person summer school. And during that time, we had about 100 students here on campus. And the teachers and I noticed that um, there were lots of needs. So we knew definitely uh, teachers were seeing that students had a lot of emotional needs during this time. So it helped us to gather buy-in from the teachers when we voted on this. Um, So we took like a minute off of their their passing schedule. We took like um, two minutes off of a class, uh, each class type of thing to make this 20 minutes. Um, And so teachers were able to vote on it, but it helped that we had the buy-in from all the summer school teachers from our campus that said, oh yeah, we need some time with our students. We need to build relationships. Mm, I love that. And I'm guessing that most of my listeners, when you say that students had a lot of emotional needs, various things are coming into their minds. What exactly were you seeing? Can you give us some specifics? Everybody was coming in with this collective trauma from being in a global pandemic. Um, And so, um, and we kind of made the analogy of we've all been through the same storm, but just in a different boat. Some kids were on vacation during this time or happy at home with their families and others were dealing with um, losses in the family, divorce, um, parents working. They, uh, at that middle school age, a lot of our kids were taking care of younger siblings. We know that adults didn't do too well with this pandemic. And then the kids were, the kids were home seeing all these things. So things that we were seeing were, um, we were seeing more uh, just uh, students not being able to communicate well with each other and going right to fighting. So we saw that and arguing. We saw um, we saw panic attacks and increase in panic attacks uh, of students that we have had never seen that before. Yeah, I mean, to have a kid go from the middle of seventh grade and then suddenly they're in ninth grade, they're a high schooler, mm-hmm. different world. Um, so talk to us a little bit more granularly about your pride group. What's a typical day in your pride group? What kind of activities are you doing? So I have 28th graders um, and they come, they, we meet in the library. So we start out, uh, we are, you know, we have a few initiatives. So we are a, a PBIS school, which is positive behavior interventions and supports. And we are also a Capturing Kids Heart School, which is um, a flipping group program. And we start, it's a very, um, it, we start with good things. So we, the students come in and we start with that gratitude piece, you know, but what are good things that are going on? And then we talk about, we bring up the slides of uh, Emozi. Here's our lesson for the week. Usually we do one lesson a week. Um, and we uh, pick up where we left off. The kids take out their, their um, they take out their notebooks, uh, their workbooks that they have. We do the warm up together. We talk about what the topic is. Um, and uh, so it just really, it's only 20 minutes. So we have to get right into it. Um, but throughout that time, students are, they are more apt to talk to each other than they are to like share out to the whole group. So we do a lot of partner talk, which the workbooks and the activities lend to immensely but it's also a great time to uh one at least once a week we'll do a circle time where we'll just throw out a, a question from the topic um and we just do round robin where everybody just kind of talks about an answer gives us an answer so it forces them to participate um we, it i i think what i'm getting out of it as an instructor of this small group is i'm building relationships good relationships with all these eighth grade students 
Um, and I, you know, we all, all of us that are on our staff try to know kids by name and, and greet them, but we're getting, I'm getting to know them on a more um, personal level, which I appreciate, but the students appreciate. And we do like a, um, we do a survey. What they appreciate is talking to their peers about, about um, topics that they're learning more about each other about. So, and that's what we want. You know, we want them to get to know each other. This is how we build relationships. This is how we build a positive school culture is giving them time to really step away from academics and talk about how they're feeling, talk about experiences that they've had to each other. So that's the biggest thing that I, we see in that class. Yeah. I love what you're describing in terms of the resource, because as you can guess, we see a lot of the social emotional learning programs and there's nothing wrong with something being digitally based or app based or even screen-based worksheet based, but social emotional learning is social. (laughs) And so the fact that it facilitates group projects and group communication, group conversations and small groups one-on-one and helps you um, facilitate deeper relationships with your students. Um, it sounds beautiful and maybe oh, yeah. probably one of the reasons that you chose this program. So that the differentiation is there. It sounds like there's a pretty easy learning curve for implementation from teachers. What did it take you to get up and running with this, with your teachers? Really, we, uh, our summer school teachers went through the, um, the professional development training, just that, that one hour piece that, um, because it doesn't take a whole lot. It's pretty self-explanatory. Um, and so they were our leads for our teachers. So any, um, they kind of explained it to the teachers, the elements of it. Um, we definitely, um, wanted it to be teacher led. We have a pacing guide for all of our staff. So that, so everybody is on the same lesson. Um, and we are, you know, we are tight and loose with that. Like we want them to use the program, but if they're like two or three lessons behind um, in their class, it's okay because sometimes things happen and, and, and we want the conversations to happen. All the elements are there for the teachers, the, the slides, they pull them up. It's the lesson is there for them. They have a teacher's guide that gives them a little more information and the, te- and the students have um, uh, the, the workbooks. Another element that I appreciate is that it's, the same format every week. So the elements of the lesson, the gratitude, the um, self-reflection, the warm-up. It sounds like the um, the lessons are designed sequentially and maybe thematically, but if a teacher is seeing a certain behavior or has a particular concern, they can go out of order. So it might be our week to talk about compassion, but I'm really seeing that we need to talk about self-regulation instead. Yeah. Or, okay. yeah. Right. Yeah. And they can elaborate, right? So if they're talking about um, body image and they're seeing that, you know what, this might take us two weeks to go through, that's fine. A couple elements of the Emozi program that the Mays Middle School teachers haven't been able to incorporate this year due to the limited 20-minute time frame are the Socratic discussions and the book studies. These components allow a teacher to easily integrate Emozi into core content classes. So, um, well, each unit has a, um, a novel that is tied to that unit. So like one of the books was one of my favorites, Esperanza, Esperanza Rising. And so um, the students would be reading that during maybe a unit one in seventh grade. 
And so, and every, there, um, with each chapter, there are just um, items for the teacher to point out. For example, like, what is this character feeling right now? What, you know, what, like just those uh, social emotional competencies. But what I appreciate about it is that it is the, um, the Socratic seminar that uh, students are um, asked to do. It, and Emozi gives uh, the teacher directions and how to implement it. Um, and so that piece is great, a great resource for teachers. Um, but it's such a high level strategy and, you know, it's a really good best practice for getting students to, um, think critically, carry the cognitive load in that discussion that's happening. Um, and so it, it, we did it during summer school and we loved it. Um, again, some teachers are continuing it during the school year. Um, and, but that's their choice if they'd like to do that. But yes, that literacy component is extremely important. It's just, it, it, that is a life skill that they can use in any book that they read and anything that they read. Well, and what I'm loving about that is if there are educators listening who are saying, so that all sounds great, but we don't have, we don't have the 20 minute pride period. We don't have the latitude to change our bell schedule. You know, um, we're going to have to integrate this into content area learning. It sounds like that's completely doable. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And, well, and, and I think that is another tool for those teachers that it's not something innate for them. So I, I love that piece of it. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so I'm wondering if, you know, in, in education, we love our data. <laughs> so I want to talk about data just for a minute. I'd love to hear from both of you. Um, let's look at qualitative data first. What are some of your favorite success stories? What stands out? You haven't been using the resource that long, but what are you seeing? I can talk about quantitative, but there's also the, um, the quantitative one that we have, like 64% of our students, they have said that they feel like staff has checked in about their feelings. Um, and of course, we want that even higher, but um, I feel that having that, um, that class gives an opportunity for for teachers to only concentrate on what students are feeling at that time. So they will notice if a student is, um, you know, not, not up to what they usually are, or, you know, a little down that day or something going on. So it gives them an opportunity to maybe notice those things more. 52% of our students, they did say that, and this is, um, that they, uh, really appreciate the relationship piece with their peers. And I think that's the biggest thing I see is that um, students who might not talk out on the yard or during lunch have to talk in class here because they're allowed to. And it's topics about things that relate to them, that it's easy for them to talk to about. It's giving them common ground, you know, just to kind of build that relationship with each other. So we are seeing, um, I, I see that in class, that um, that students are um, talking to each other, building relationships with each other. And that's the biggest thing and the best thing about it, I think. I'll share that um, what I have seen, because our groups, like we said, are only 20 students, but there are teachers who have students in their pride time that they don't have in class. For example, we have a teacher who has a student only in pride time, and that student seeks her out all the time. He wants to just, he'll go to her room, 
you know, maybe during lunch and he'll want to just be in there, talk to her. And he feels very comfortable with her because, and and I don't think they would have even known each other had it not been for this 20 minute block of time that he is with her. So for me, that that's huge. Since you mentioned quantitative data, do, does, Paths, does Emozi give any kind of assessment tool, survey, any any tools to help you in measurement? It does. It comes with the DESA inventory that our teachers um, completed at the beginning of the year. And it's five questions about um, the student. And then um, they'll do that at the end of the year as well. I'm wondering if you have established some specific goals around what you want to see that you're going to be able to measure and decide, is this program as successful as we'd like it to be? Diana, you mentioned just the relationships. Well, um, so that has been our goal since Emma and I started at Mays three years ago, uh, building relationships with students and with staff and staff with with students. So um, how we're going to measure that you know, there's some questions like that Emma was talking about uh, that we have asked students. Just getting that data will tell us how the students did build relationships with their teachers. Yeah. And, you know, we also have those tangible things. If we're seeing an imp- improvement um, or less suspensions, if we're seeing... Um, an improvement in our um, chronic absenteeism. More students are coming to school. We'll count those as pluses um, and as evidence of that this is working. Um, along with our, you know, we do check-ins, of course, like our surveys with the students. What kinds of things are you hearing from students on those questionnaires, those surveys? Ooh, I'm glad you asked. Well, a couple of kids, things that kids said. I like talking with the people next to me. I'm like, I like getting to know people. Um, One of them said that um, I'm talking to kids that I've never talked to before and I'm getting to know them. So Mm -hmm. I'm like, those are great things. Did you have a program prior to this? Were you using something else for social emotional learning and you just weren't happy or was this brand new? You didn't have a program prior to this. We did not. This is brand new. We had some pieces in place like you know, we, and with the good things, we have a social contract, we have all those pieces in place, but um, they really don't address the competencies, uh, social emotional competencies right. and skills. Like, uh, you know, again, going back to the program scope, the scope strategy. And so I do feel that it does empower um, our teachers. It has empowered me in that in that, and I and I worked with Castle before the, you know, with when I was a um, a coach, um, and this I've learned so much about um, the specific topics. Um, and if I can just speak to one topic that we recently had was self harm for eighth grade, okay. and talk about heavy topic. That was probably the most discussion I've had in class. Everyone in that group of twenty kids have had some experience, knew somebody. Um, has a friend, a cousin, or they themselves were um, had experience with self-harm. What an important topic that we would not cover no. 
uh, usually like it, you know, it, and so it was brought out in the open and it gave that discussion. So talk about empowerment that, um, that was super, super enlightening for all of us. Yeah. Normally you would just react. Yeah. Right? You're yeah. not being proactive around it, but if you see a kid that you suspect of self-harm, you send them to the counselor. Absolutely. So this tier one approach I can imagine is just really a kind of a relief to everybody. Okay, I'm backing up just a little because a minute ago, Emma said the scope strategy. What is the scope strategy? I'm curious and intrigued. And also, I want social emotional skills, don't you? It's a self-regulation strategy. It's a problem-solving strategy that um, the sixth grade learns, the seventh grade learns, and the eighth grade learns. So this is that constant that runs through all three grade levels. And um, scope strategy, this S is stop and take some breaths. The C is consider how we are feeling and why. The O is the options. What can we do? Plan is key. And what are the steps? And then E is evaluate the outcome. So that so every teacher has that poster up in their classroom. Um, and so it is a strategy that um, they use in Emozi and they can use that strategy beyond. Okay. I'm definitely going to use that. I need one of those posters in <laughs> <from> my office. <laughs> I needed it last week with my computer crash. I'll tell you. Can Emoza be used in a single school or even a single classroom? Can it be implemented district wide? Who sh- who should um, who should reach out? Um, I think it can be used. Uh, it's for any educator. It's for any setting. It can work in um, in a self-contained classroom, in a content area classroom. Um, you know, you might even decide, okay, so if you had a middle school, maybe the history does unit one and English does unit two and math does unit three. I mean, it, it could be separated that way um, throughout the year so that every teacher has a little bit of it. Uh, we're, we're toying with that idea now for next year. Like it, it's definitely flexible enough to do to do that. Do you have anything you want to add to that, Diana? There are so many different ways you can implement this. And um, I'm hoping that my teachers see the need and the value of having that 20 minutes with 20 kids um, rather than 32 kids. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. Thanks. If Last question. If, um, if you had to name one thing that you feel really sets this resource apart and above some of the other options that are available that you would use to encourage other educators to check it out? What would that one thing be? I would say the grade level, having emoji by grade level and just the different topics because of the difference in age, right? You wouldn't want a sixth grader getting the same information that an eighth grader is getting. That's, that's what I loved about it. Uh, the other thing I would say is ease of use. Um, if I'm putting on my teacher hat I, and I'm planning you know, my, my core subjects, I want something that's easy to use. And that this differentiated itself from other programs because of the elements the, the, that what come with it, like the slides and the workbook and the teacher's guide and the additional resources and the parent letters and all those things that I do not have to create. 
You can connect to Emoji's social emotional learning curriculum for middle and high school in the episode notes, or you can simply go to edcuration.com. That's E-D-C-U-R-A-T-I-O-N and search Emozi. that's E-M-O-Z-I, where you can learn more and inquire about a free pilot of this Anywhere, Anytime program to see if it's right for you and your secondary students. You can also engage in a free, fun, and informative professional learning exploration, allowing you to learn more about SEL for teens and tweens, access free downloadable resources, and receive a certificate for one hour of professional learning. Browse all of our microlearning explorations where new courses are added monthly, always free to educators. If you have a resource or topic you'd like to share with our podcast audience, contact us at edcuration.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll like, rate, review, follow, share, and tune in again next week to the Ed Curation Podcast, where we're reshaping learning.